the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, October the 20th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on October 20, 1947, the House Un-American Activities Committee opened hearings into alleged communist influence and infiltration in the U.S. motion picture industry. Today, in 1803, the U.S. Senate ratified the Louisiana Purchase. Today, in 1818... U.S. and Britain established the 49th parallel as the boundary between the United States and Canada. That was hotly contested. It even got worse in regards to the actual borders of Alaska. We'll talk about that one of these days. Today in 1936, Helen Keller's teacher, Ann Sullivan Macy, she died in New York. She was 70 years old. Today in 1968, former First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy she married the Greek shipping tycoon, Aristotle Onassis. Today in 1987, 10 people were killed when an Air Force jet crashed into a Ramada Inn hotel near Indianapolis International Airport. The pilot ejected. He was fine, but 10 people were killed at the uh, hotel. One year ago today, Associated Press says this. Two weeks before Election Day, President Donald Trump called on Attorney General William Barr to immediately launch an investigation into unverified claims about Democrat Joe Biden and his son Hunter. Effectively, Associated Press says, Trump about Trump, effectively demanding that the Justice Department abandon its historic resistance to getting involved in elections. Interestingly enough, everyone pretty much knew a year ago today, I remember it well, that Hunter Biden was into all kinds of stuff that he ought not to be into. It compromised the Biden family enormously for him to be running his operations with governments that are less than supportive of America, for sure. Everybody knew that Hunter Biden was clear to his neck in questionable activities, raking in millions of dollars because his dad had been vice president of the United States. Today, one year later, same thing. Nobody has executed any judgment toward Hunter Biden. And unfortunately, they probably won't. That reminds me of a verse. I want to talk to you a little bit today about about a very controversial issue. But let me share with you the word of the Lord on the matter. In Isaiah chapter 59, the Bible speaks to, the prophet was speaking to God's people of his time, but he is speaking to God's people of our time as well, because Isaiah is a prophet in the Bible. And the Bible is the infallible word of God. 
In chapter 59, it begins with this, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot save, neither his ear heavy, that he cannot hear. No matter how bad it gets, God can save. And no matter how much noise there is in the culture, God's ear is not heavy, that he cannot hear. But the prophet goes on to say to the people of God of his time, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you, that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled, verse 3, Your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. Does that somehow sound like maybe today's culture? in which we live. The prophet goes on and says a number of other things. In verse 9, this is Isaiah chapter 59, in verse 9 he says, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. He said, We grope for the wall like the blind, And we grope, as it were, we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday, as in the night. We are in desolate places, as dead men. We roar like bears, and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none for salvation, but it is far off. In other words, the prophet is saying, we have lost our way because we have turned away from God. That's what he's saying. And in verse 14, he says, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. Why? Because, the prophet says, truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Verse 15 says, Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. In other words, those who are living right become the prey. They become the target of the others who have turned away from God and God's principles. And Isaiah said, the Lord saw this, and it displeased him. With that in mind, that is the word of the Lord. I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in our world today. So-called progressives have a new strategy to enhance the security of Americans. The government's main job is to protect our country and protect our culture. But this new strategy that they has is supposed to enhance the security of Americans, apparently. It is to fire those who provide it. On Thursday, the U.S. Navy became the latest branch of the military to announce that it will discharge sailors who don't meet their definition of fully vaccinated by November 28th. Unvaccinated sailors are already suffering harassment and intimidation by their commanders. According to the general counsel, Mike Berry, he's with the First Liberty. It's a Christian conservative law firm. That's what they do is take on these kinds of cases. Mike Berry says they're being treated like second-class citizens. He also said the Navy plans to issue general, that's less than honorable, discharges to those who refuse the vaccine, which would follow them around for the rest of their lives, inhibiting their ability to obtain VA benefits, unemployment benefits, medical benefits, etc. The Navy is also trying to hit them in the pocketbook, he says, by recouping 
from them money spent to train those who refuse the vaccine, even if it kicks them out. This Navy's new punishment scheme does nothing, according to this lawyer, Mike Berry, to accommodate conscientious objections, no matter, in fact, no matter the branch, he says, I'm not aware of a single religious exemption being granted across all four branches of military out of thousands of requests. This is from a man in the know. It reminds me of what I just shared with you. Truth faileth. He that departed from evil becomes a prey. In other words, he that doesn't get in step with the crowd becomes a prey. Washington State University has announced their head coach, Nick Rolovich, has been fired after the coach among the state's highest paid workers. He declined to comply with Governor Jay Inslee's mandate that all state employees be vaccinated by Monday, October the 18th, day before yesterday. Coach Rolovich said he loves his job. He loves the kids on the football team, and they've been winning football games. If you follow sports, college sports, and I do, they've been winning. Washington State University Athletic Director, this Pat Chun, he told the press that as of October, as October 18th approached, Rolovich didn't change his mind. He said he was resolute in his stance. Interesting. Coach Rolovich has requested a religious exemption. Some say he had received the exemption when it was reviewed by the Religious Freedom Panel without his name attached. I can't confirm that, but I have heard that from reliable sources, and I'll leave it at that. I also want to go on the record today to say that I am not advocating for or against coronavirus vaccine. I am saying that each person has the right under God and under the Constitution of the United States of America to make up their own mind about their own body. That's what I'm advocating about and for, is religious freedom. You need to prayerfully consider and maybe get counsel, medical counsel, whatever, but you need to come to the conclusion, and perhaps many of you have, as to whether or not you're going to get the shot. And all the other stuff now that they're throwing it at us, well, now you need, if you got the shots, you need boosters. And we'll probably have a booster every eight, eight or nine months, somebody was saying the other day. I suppose they're a spokesman for the pharma company that makes these shots. But anyway, what I'm suggesting on the record here, I'm not advocating for or against the shots. I am advocating for religious freedom. I truly believe that is a decision that you as an individual must make before God as to what you're going to do as far as getting a shot. Coach Rolovich had requested a religious exemption, as I said. Some say that it was at first accepted because it was blind. They didn't have his name on on there. I mean, the, the name had been removed, so that wouldn't factor into the decision-making process. But it, when they found out, then the state apparently overrode that. And again, I can't confirm that, but I, I've, I've heard that. The state obviously decided, whatever the process behind the scenes was, they decided that Coach Rolovich does not qualify for religious freedom in America. Thousands of citizens in Washington State and elsewhere have been 
and are being denied their constitutional rights to religious freedom under the guise of COVID, the greater good. Is America descending into a kind of a medical fascism? I believe it is. Spokane, Washington, Spokesman Review newspaper, they're in proximity for those of you who aren't aware. They're in the city of Spokane. is not far from, I mean, a ways, but it's not far from Pullman, where Washington State University is. The Spokesman Review says, quote, despite the Cougars recent, that's Cougars is WSU, for those of you who do not know, Despite the Cougars' recent breakthrough under their second-year football coach, they've been winning games, quote, Rolovich's ten- tenure won't be remembered for much else besides its unprecedented conclusion and the controversial personal decision that ultimate re- ultimately resulted in his termination. Only in the age of COVID and so-called progressivism has invoking our First Amendment rights to religious freedom and liberty become unprecedented and controversial? Why have they become unprecedented and controversial? Because you assume you have the right under God, because God is the grantor of rights, of human rights. Why is that all of a sudden unprecedented and controversial? That's the age in which we live, not unlike that of Isaiah. The Spokesman Review continues, they said he drew his line in the sand three months ago and did not budge, according to people close to him. And that does not seem to be a compliment, (laughs) I'm saying, to his deeply held religious convictions. He's become a prey of the state. People who hold authentic religious beliefs, particularly biblical Christians, most often do not bow to a lesser authority. When that lesser authority in this case, the state, conflicts with what we believe to be biblical teaching. The book of Acts is very clear on this, about the differentiation. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29, when state-imposed mandates conflict with biblical-held beliefs, we're to obey God rather than man. On the record, I am not advocating disobedience or breaking the law. His annual salary is $3.2 million annually, according to the media. That makes him the highest paid state employee in Washington State. He's just ahead of the football coach at the University of Washington. Washington State University has already determined that acting on his religious beliefs has disqualified him from being able to do the job that he was hired to do. Therefore, that releases the state and Washington State University from any kind of severance pay or in paying out the remainder of his contract, which I think I read is, I think his contract is is in force, was in, was in force until uh, 2025, I think, but it's for several years from now. So they've they're out of that. They don't have to pay him any of that, even though they fired him. And normally when a coach gets fired, they get paid out their contract while they look for another job. And coaches do get fired when the teams aren't winning and one thing or another. This is very different. This is a religious matter. I don't know Coach Rolovich. I've never met him. I don't know him. But if he says he's 
applying for a religious exemption. I would just assume that he's telling the truth. I know he was raised a Catholic in a very strong, kind of a conservative Catholic family. I've read that somewhere. But other than that, I don't know him. I'm just looking at this from as an outsider in the sense of not knowing him personally, but I would assume that he would not have asked for a religious exemption if it were not very important to him and his beliefs. But they've already determined that because he acted on his religious beliefs, it disqualifies him from his job, he's fired, and any kind, any kind of severance, done, he's gone. And the Spokesman Review is saying, wow, that's what he'll be remembered for. That is where people who take a stand because of their religious beliefs become the prey. And he's become the prey of the state. Typically, this has been called religious discrimination, but apparently no more. Four other Washington State University assistant coaches has also, they're gone for the same reason. So five coaches are gone. And now they're lamenting on campus, how could he do this to us? (laughs) I want to talk a little bit about the greater good versus obedience to God. In the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verses 8 through 30, there's a well-known story. It's about three young Hebrew men. Yes, you know that story. Or men, you should if you don't. They made a similar decision. You likely know the story. King Nebuchadnezzar was full of himself, not unlike some modern-day politicians, in fact, too many of them, but he was pretending to be God. Maybe he thought he was God. Maybe, I don't know what was in his mind, but I certainly know his actions from the record, the biblical record. He was pretending to be God, at least. Maybe he thought he had, in the beginning, he had created the heavens and the earth. I don't know, but he had built a golden image of himself that people were to bow down to. You know that story. And by law, was demanding that everybody bow to the image at the appointed times. Now, these three young Hebrew men didn't do it, not because they were rebellious, but because of their deeply held convictions about who God is and who is not God. And they knew that Nebuchadnezzar was not God. The king became enraged when he found out about it because everybody was bowing down to this golden image of himself. I mean, why would they do this? He began to question the young man. This is all in Daniel chapter 3, verse 8 through 30. The questioning began with shaming, just like the questioning is beginning with shaming today in 2021. Sometimes this is called othering. I'll come back to that a little later. But in verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar said to the young men, Is it true? Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Everybody is doing this. Is it true? Tell me. Please tell me. I've been so good to you guys. You guys have this. Here in Babylon, it's, it's an elite, an elite culture. Why are you not? Surely you are. are. Is it true? Is it true that you are the only ones not participating, not serving my gods? Why would you take such a position? 
The message is, what's wrong with you? Why are you so different? Why aren't you fitting in? Why are you not creating community and equity? That's where we are today. Nebuchadnezzar went on to mandate a deadline to comply or else. The story ended well. You know, they got thrown in the furnace, as you well know. But a fourth man appeared in the furnace with them. We know that was Jesus Christ himself. And, of course, it rocked the culture. The story ended well. But Monday evening, athletic director Pat Chun at Washington State University was opining to the press. He said, it's disheartening to be here today. Our football team is hurting. Our WSU community is fractured. Is it true that Coach Rolovich has done this to us? Everyone else is complying. The Spokesman Review reports that Rolovich was, quote, criticized heavily for his position, which was viewed as selfish and contradictory to his high-paid leadership role at a major research institution, end of quote. It's true that, is it true that you would do this to everyone? Is it true that even for the right price, you're still refusing to do what's expected of you to do? To do what is right, given the circumstances? Are you irresponsible? Internally, the newspaper reports, quote, within Washington State University, from our faculty and staff point of view, there's been a lot of frustration with such a prominent employee choosing not to be vaccinated, not to serve the greater good, is the message. Again, is it true? Surely you wouldn't do that to us. It often costs to hold religious convictions, and I talk about that a lot on this program. In an adversarial secular culture, and we live in one now, this will be a developing story. We're going to keep you posted on this. I mean, there's much more that's going to come out. There's much more coming out this morning that I don't have time to cover. But the furnace has been prepared for this coach and his four assistants who are now officially thrown into the fire, so to speak. It's a high-profile case, but there's many others involving the collision of deeply held religious views and state mandates. Policemen, firemen, many others are facing this ancient question. Is it true? Is it true you're not? Surely it's not true. Seattle police cars responded this week with the Gadsden flags hanging from their windows with the iconic message, Don't Tread on Me. Our culture is in decline. I mean, it's in free fall. Some say they're taking time off, some of the police officers in Seattle. And it's happening in Portland. It's happening across the country where these kinds of mandates are being imposed. Some of the Seattle police say they're taking some time off to think about what they're going to do long term. Others are walking away from their career in law enforcement. You may have seen in Seattle, you may have seen the news last night putting their caps on the steps of the Capitol, saying, I'm done. And it wasn't like two or three. It was a bunch, like many. It's well over 100 now, in a time when we need more law enforcement, not less. None, whether they're deciding to call it quits now or think about it, maybe some of them are praying about it. I know there are certainly a good group of Christians within the Washington State Patrol, and probably each state 
has that group within their law enforcement. I, I'm sure they do. But none seem anxious to stay long term. There will be lawsuits that will follow this for sure, and we will do our best to talk about it as appropriate on this program. But let me talk to you for a few minutes about America's descent into medical fascism. Rob Jenkins wrote an article published Sunday. It really caught my attention. It's titled America's Descent into Medical Fascism. Jenkins has done a number of things. I won't go into his bio, but among other things, he's a columnist now. And he notes that the medical profession and fascism share a long and assorted history. He says during the 1930s, German doctors joined the Nazi party at four times the rate of other professionals. Among the Nazis, he says, most heinous crimes against humanity were their medical experiments on human subjects. He says now, I'm quoting him, now we are told we must surrender our freedom, we are told for the good of society, to combat the virus. Jenkins claims that what, what's happening in America today is not, as some are suggesting, communism or socialism, that the medical left is pushing its straightforward fascism. Fascism is a pretty harsh word. I took a second look at this before I talked about it on the radio, but he's right. One of the scariest things about European fascism, he says, is the speed at which it came to dominate everyday life. Within a few years, you were either all in for the state or you were the enemy. A similar dynamic has emerged here in the United States. First, there were two weeks to flatten the curve. Then there were more lockdowns, closing down businesses, shuttering churches, followed by additional unconstitutional mandates. Now we have an attorney general that's requiring, at the behest of the president, labeling parents domestic terrorists for standing up against corrupt school boards. Citizens are encouraged to be good Germans and inform on each other the FBI, like plainclothes Gestapo, they're to be the enforcement arm. You say, well, Gary, what does this have to do with COVID? It has everything to do with COVID. COVID is the spear that has punctured, punctured the culture. Jennings equates the nexus of big government and big business with what we can see today in the Biden administration locked at the hip with the big tech controlling what the public can even be told or not told, what can be said on public media. Today is the so-called anti-vaxxers that are the problem. It was the Jews with Hitler. It'll be something else tomorrow, should the Lord tarry. But normally fascism begins with an element of nationalism, but these people have just leaped right over nationalism. They don't even care about nationalism. They're talking about replacing nationalism with globalism. But thankfully, there are hopeful signs of pushback among parents toward public schools, toward with people taking a stand. It's costing them for sure. No question about that. But people are taking a stand today. They're beginning to stand up for righteousness and for what they believe to be true. Whether it's parents being, some arrested, dragged out of board meetings in their public school that they fund and pay for, but they're taking a stand. This is a time to be strong and of good courage and stand up for righteousness. Remember the old song in Sunday school, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus? Well, I would suggest that this is the time that we need to stand up, stand up, for Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 31, the Bible says, And the Lord he is that goeth before thee, 
He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. Be of good courage. Be strong, the Lord told Joshua. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.